Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motor Studio, here's Steve Jones. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia, routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf, online at sunburymotors.com. Ford Kia Hyundai, best in new inventory, and they also have awesome pre owned inventory with Sunbury Motors guarantee. They go over each vehicle. And your trade-in's never been worth more. You have a sales staff that will work with you. That's why they have so much repeat business. They have great people to work with. And the service department, this is one-stop shopping. Inspections, routine maintenance, anything difficult, they can handle it. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15, Nubbles Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Time now for our play-by-play call of the day. Here comes the breakout. Pfeiffer, catch, shoot! 1.1 to go, and that's it! Pfeiffer with a catch and shoot, and it counts! And Shikalemi, who had not had the lead the entire game, wins it! 53-51! If you're wondering how they get prisoners at Guantanamo to talk, they play that, and out of nowhere, they blurt. Uh, no, outstanding call. <laughs> they, they were down 16 at one point in that game. And they won it. Okay. Uh, so here we go. Hey, uh, listen, my day's made now. I made the play-by-play call today. I'm done. I'm going home. <laughs> That's the pinnacle the right there. Ray on the deck called the janitor. Indeed. <laughs> I just feel like I'm sitting here in the Midwest circling a fogged-in airport. All right. Bucknell Athletics has announced the updated spectator policy for home events starting on Monday. Anybody 12 and older has to show either a proof of vaccination or a negative COVID-19 test. That test must be two days prior to the event. All right. In fact, that's the policy here at Northwestern. Masks must be worn by spectators at all times. No concessions sold during the game. No outside food. One bottle of water permitted. Masks can only be lowered while drinking. Bucknell will reduce spectator capacity and limit the number of attendees to any upcoming athletic events beginning on Monday until further notice. So there you go. That's what they have here. Hit Bucknell. I mean, you going to play the play-by-play thing again? or? I, I think we're good now. I think he's satisfied. No, I, I am. No, I made, really. no, I made the ahead. call. No, no, go ahead. No, no, play it again. I think it's vintage. <laughs> vintage. You know, no, I, go ahead. Play it again. I, all right. Well, no, no, I, no I, I don't have control of that. There, there you go. The breakout. Piper catch. Shoot. Yeah! One point one to go, and that's it. Pfeiffer with a catch and shoot, and it counts. 
and Shikalemi, who had not had the lead the entire game, wins it 53-51. There you go. Great call, Dave, Kev. Dave Ritchie wanted to say something at that point, but again, <laughs> the door never opened. All right. Uh, Actually, no afterwards. No <laughs> afterwards. No after that was all done, Chief turned to me and he said, oops. <laughs> I'm like, no oops. That was fun. He's like, I stepped and on now you. let's get the show back on track and get the listeners back engaged again <laughs> by bringing in Mark Brennan from 247 Sports. Mark, welcome back. Great to have you with us. Great to be here, Steve. Happy New Year. And spent uh, many a day in Skokie when uh, covering Northwestern stuff, uh, a fine, fine little suburb there of Chicago. Yes, it is. Absolutely. All right, Mark. So let's get to, obviously, coming out of the game. Uh, coming out of the game, let's start with this. What kind of depth do you think there is now in the program? Because some guys did play that don't normally play. Yeah, I mean, I think it was it was a good thing. I mean, it would have been nice had they not been in a situation where they couldn't play guys like uh, Kobe King and Button. Uh, but those guys, the thing that I think you have to realize is beyond the game, they got a lot more practice reps. Well, you don't have to realize that. You know that. But, but, but people listening – uh, may not realize it. So to me, Steve, it was more than just the game. The game was important, but that entire week of practice where guys were able to step up, and, and you were at practice, and I'm sure you saw some of what I saw when I was there, and I don't think I'm revealing any secrets, that even some of the veteran players who had played a lot maybe weren't seeing as many reps so they could get some of the younger guys' uh, action. So I think that's action, that was absolutely uh, invaluable uh, given the number of players who are moving on. All right, so now you have to move forward from all of this, Mark. So in moving forward for them, obviously some moves have been made. Sean Clifford's coming back. P.J. Mustaver's coming back. I felt the season turn when both of them got hurt against Iowa. What do you think each means on each side of the ball? I think it's as well with PJ, obviously, I mean, he's a, a first team, all big 10 or whatever he was uh, performer, you know, whatever award he won. When you think that he only played half the season, I think that tells you how much all the other coaches and, and media people really respected what he did. But I think on both sides of the ball, Steve, those guys were two of the strongest leaders. Uh, even though PJ wasn't technically a captain, I don't think, or was he, I forget, I'm forgetting about that, but yeah, when was, people yeah. are around the program, yeah, when people are around the program, you talk about a real vocal, comfortable leader. And I think Sean Clifford's the same thing. People can have, they can have their opinions on, on Sean Clifford as a player. I don't think there's any question but that he's a, a very good leader and has been a good leader. And for Sean Clifford to be there for the two kids coming in and for Veyu, I, I think is really important. And again, you know, when you look at P.J. Mustafer on that defensive side of the ball, uh, he continued to be a vocal leader even after he was hurt. He didn't have to go down to that bowl game. He went down to the bowl game and, 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 and was a leader there as well. So I think that it's as much about that, and that's not to diminish, especially P.J. Mustafer as a player, because I think he's going to be a, an outstanding NFL player, going to have a really long career if he can stay healthy. But leadership, I think, is, it, you know, it may sound uh, overblown, but 
I don't think it is, you know, especially coming off of the way that this season ended. Yeah, I agree. The leadership cannot be overblown. Uh, if you're around it, you understand it, uh, and I think it makes a big difference. Uh, has any move happened over the last two weeks that really you didn't expect? In terms of guys leaving or guys leaving uh, or a coach change, anything like that. Has anything happened you didn't really expect? I mean, I was, you know, obviously the uh, Lord thing, you know, that week kind of came out of left field for me, but that's about the only one. Yeah. Yeah, you know what maybe surprised me a little bit is that Rasheed Walker decided to go. You know, I think had he not been injured, uh, it, it, I think that was where, where that was heading. But to me, and with all due respect to Rasheed Walker, I thought he had a disappointing season. I don't think there's any two ways about it. I think he could have benefited from coming back, uh, showing he was completely healthy, because he missed the last uh, two games, I think, of the regular season, and then obviously the bowl game, and we saw him on crutches down there. So don't know what was the matter, but obviously it was something significant. Uh, And the fact that he showed up, I was thinking, yeah, well, maybe, maybe he is going to stay. But I really think he could have benefited from another year uh, you know, kind of reset, show what he's all about because he has the physical tools. There's no question about it. So, out of the surprises, that would be that would be the one thing that that surprised me. Uh, I'm not sure what uh, Tangelo's situation if if he was banged up or, or or what. And the same thing with uh, with with Ellis Brooks. But I thought both of those guys, had they been healthy, if they were healthy. I think both of them really could have benefited from playing in the bowl game. Uh, they're not the kind of guys like Jahan Dotson or Brisker or uh, Ebba Cady who have put enough on tape that they weren't going to benefit from playing in the bowl game when it comes to their NFL draft stock. I think the other two guys that I mentioned really would have. And I really think Brandon Smith would have benefited as well. I don't think he had a particularly good year. I right. think Ellis Brooks and Jacobs both had better years than he did. Now, he's not a fringe draft guy the way Tangelo and Brooks are. I mean, he's going to get drafted simply based on his athletic ability. But I think the, the issues that he showed, the inability to wrap up, uh, you know, in key situations, I think he could have put some of that behind him playing a team like Arkansas who you knew they were going to run the ball a ton. That's a tough SEC opponent. Yeah, I think Brandon Smith could have helped himself had he gone out there and played a lot better than he did in some of their key games this year. So those aren't as much surprises as, you know, I kind of scratch my head over those decisions. I, I Listen, I understand that these guys have to make the best decisions for them, and that's why when a guy like uh, Dotson opts out or Brisker or Ebicady, completely understand it. I mean, the amount of money yeah. that's involved, and you see some of the guys getting banged up, but I think those other three guys really could have helped themselves uh, by, by playing, if, if healthy. I mean, and again, I'm, I'm fairly certain Brandon Smith was healthy. Uh, and I, I think, listen, to me, I think he's looking like a third-round guy. I think if he goes in that game and, and shows some things, I think that could not make people forget some of the stuff that was on tape. But, hey, maybe they think he used that time between the end of the regular season and the bowl to kind of refocus and readjust and – and, and and just be a better natural football player. Because what's going to happen is he's going to combine. They'll run a great time. They'll yep. check his body fat, and they'll go, oh, my goodness, they can't believe it's only 4%. There's going to be a lot of things on the measurable part that they're going to love about him, but it's going to be the tape part that, in the end, I thought he was too 
um, cautious on contact right. inside. Yeah, I, I want to be careful, but I, I know a bunch of former players, and he drove people crazy who really know the game better than I do. But people who really know the game would watch him and say, this guy is just a tremendous athlete, but yes. he's just not doing the, the things that th- that they were expecting him to do. And again, I think the other part of it was some of it happening in key spots of games, you know, whether it was Michigan or Michigan State, where he had, where plays were there to be made. And and listen, I know we were really spoiled by Micah Parsons because obviously he was operating at a level of the all-time great Penn State linebackers. He was operating at the level of the Shane Collins and LaVars and Jack Hams and Sean Lees and Paul Fuzzlesny. I'm sure I'm missing somebody, but he was operating at that level. So yeah. maybe we were spoiled. But I just think there were plays there that Brandon that were there for Brandon Smith to make that he didn't make. And listen, he's he's only 20 years old. Right. Uh, he doesn't turn 21, I think, till April. So maybe some the, some of the NFL teams will give him a little bit of a pass. But that only goes so far. I mean, they are looking for guys. You know, I often said if Brandon Smith had Ellis Brooks's instincts you would be looking at a Micah Parsons type of player. But that's yep. why Micah Parsons is so special, because he has both of those things, and not many people do. But even even if you don't have it to that level, you know, I just think he could have shown some things and uh, that, that could have helped him maybe bump him from a third up to an early second rounder. But, you know, people are all over the place with him. My thought is he's going to be a third-round pick. Uh, And I will be surprised if he goes much higher than that. You're right. He's going to kill it at the combine, but it's going to be hard to get away from that tape. And that's why I thought he could have put more good tape out there against an Arkansas that's going to run the ball. This wasn't some pass-happy team. Everybody knew Arkansas was going to run the ball, and you were going to be able to show what you can do. And he decided not to do it. So, hey, listen, it's his decision, and uh, I'm sure I wish him nothing but the best, but I do scratch my head over that. Uh, so that brings me to the next part. They know, obviously, they've picked up a quality wide receiver in the transfer portal. Positionally, what do you think Penn State needs to pick up in the portal to strengthen the team? I, you know, I, obviously, I think you, you all. I think they're at the point, and uh, Andy Frank said this after signing day, that you want to try to get at least one quality offensive lineman every year. And why is that important? Because unlike you can you can bring in a freshman receiver or you could bring in a freshman running back or you could bring in a freshman defensive back or even a linebacker and they can contribute immediately it is very difficult to bring in a a true freshman or even a retro freshman offensive lineman and hope that they're going to to uh perform at the level you need to perform in the big 10 so being able to get one or two linemen in the, in the portal, guys who have played a lot of football every single year, I think is going to be big not only this year, but every year. And I think you're going to see offensive linemen become a really, really, really uh, valuable uh, commodity. And listen, you can never have too many pass rushers, obviously. Um, you know, what's the situation with Adisa Isaac? I mean, hopefully he's going to be fine. We saw him at practice. I'm not sure how much he was doing, but he was around the team. 
And if he comes back, that's like an extra bonus for you because I think he would have been an outstanding player for them this year. But I think there's still a little bit of a question mark is, you know, sometimes guys get banged up and they come back and they're not quite what they were. And this was a guy who was still hadn't reached, you know, his top level. So I still think he has a high upside, but I would not be surprised if they try to get another pass rusher in that portal as well. I think in the secondary, they're in pretty good shape. Running back, uh, obviously, you know, with who they have and who they're bringing in, they're fine. Quarterback, I think, had they not gotten two quarterbacks in this class, I think that would have been somewhere where they may have looked. And obviously, Clifford coming back helps that. Uh, so I think otherwise, if you're able to get players who are good fits, it's a luxury. But I think offensive line and pass rusher are the two key. And maybe linebacker. I, I should have thrown that out there. I think being able to get a linebacker uh, who could perform at this level would be helpful as well. Yeah, you know, and it's, it's, I'll say this one thing quickly. Two quick points. Number one, out of spring practice, the starting defensive line was Evacati, Isaac, Tangelo, and Mustafer. I didn't see yeah. any of those guys on Saturday. And <laughs> and then right. as for Sean, Sean Clifford, you're trying to avoid what happened where, where the reins were going to go from Daryl Clark to Pat Devlin, and it never happened. And I think by Clifford right. being here, it makes a, a, a far more seamless transition to a younger quarterback because in 2010 they were forced to go with the younger quarterback instead of you know being allowed to wean them. I think that makes a big difference. Yeah, and I, listen, I, I think people are assuming that Clifford is going to be the starter, but uh, you know I really do hope that they make it an open competition and, and let's see if any of these kids could push him. Now that's a big if because he's played a lot of football and he's a captain mm-hmm. and all these things. Uh, but let's, uh, you know, to, to me, if I'm if I'm the coaching staff, I say let's open this thing up, start with a blank slate, and see how it goes. Uh, are they going to do that? I don't know. Uh, but I think give the guys the opportunity. Again, that's a big uphill climb for any of those young guys. But give it a shot. You know, the one thing I would say about Sean Clifford in that bowl game is there were plays there for him to make. Yes. And he didn't mm-hmm. make them. Right. And, you know, sooner or later, you know, and they, they weren't difficult plays. I mean, the, you know, what should have been a touchdown to Theo Johnson, that wasn't like it was a tough play. No. Uh, so he really has to get more precise. I, I would also, though, Steve, give him, you know, I think being in the same system for a second straight year for the first time in a long time for him is going to be a, a big thing. I think that's going to be really helpful to him uh, being under your stitch for the second year. I think it's going to be very helpful for the program. You know, the one thing that I would say, and I wrote this and I, and I stand by it, is that I do think if you look at the offensive issues with the team the last couple of years, the last few years, you know, the one common denominator is you have the head coach who plays a role in it. And I don't know what the exact dynamic is, but I think James may have to take a step back and figure out what isn't quite clicking in his dynamic with the OC. I don't know what it is, uh, but I think that's something that that has to be that he has to address. Now, knowing him and knowing how self-critical he is and how he self-scouts and how intelligent he is, I think that's something that that he was probably realized. Not probably he did realize it way before I ever did, but I think there's something in that dynamic that has to be smoothed out because when there's an issue with multiple, and I don't want to say an issue, but when things aren't quite clicking 
with multiple offensive coordinators. I think you have to look take a look at the common denominators, and I think he's got to adjust kind of how what his input is in the dynamic between him and the OC. Mark, it's always a pleasure. Thanks so much. Appreciate you. Okay, enjoy uh, enjoy uh, Skokie and uh, Evanston. Thanks, Steve. Yeah, it's cold here. As a matter of fact, very cold. Uh, but that's all right. If you have a you know hat and you know, some gloves, you can navigate it. Um, Matt will be back final half hour with evidently a series of complaints. Uh, the suit will be campaigning for more of his calls to be on in the final half hour. And I'll just try and do a sports show here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Mm-hmm. When car repairs get difficult. Well, I, I just don't know. Um, me neither. We get good. Sunbury Motors. More than quality new and used cars, Sunbury Motors specializes in complicated auto repair diagnosis. They can handle intricate repairs and even complete auto body with service open Monday through Friday, 7 till 4. And Sunbury Motors has made simple repairs easy. Maintaining your vehicle is necessary. Finding the time to do it is difficult. Welcome to Sunbury Motors Quick Lane. Open 7 till 4, Monday through Friday. Just walk in or call ahead. Relax in their remodeled waiting room with Wi-Fi, beverages, and snacks. Will Sunbury Motors factory train techs take care of your oil change, tire alignments, brakes, and inspections. Quick Lane, 6.30 to 6, Monday through Friday, Saturday, 6.30. 30 till 2. Sunbury Motors, Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. We take the Mm. Mm. out of auto repair. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 at 15, Hummel's Wharf, and online at sunburymotors.com. Ford, Kia, Hyundai. That is awesome new inventory. Maybe the budget says pre-owned inventory. Well, you want to make sure it has the Sunbury Motors guarantee. Means everything. Great sales department that works with your trade and has never been worth more. And a service department that makes this one-stop shopping. Inspection's great. Terrific when it comes to routine maintenance. And something difficult, they can handle it. It's all at Sunbury Motors, 4th Street at Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Kia Routes 11 and 15, Hummel's Wharf. Online at sunburymotors.com. Suit is now all emotionally prepared for the Winter Olympics, and Matt is always emotionally pre- prepared to complain about life. <laughs> By the way, I, I owe Matt a big thank you because he's taken the moniker of Mr. Bitter away from me and now <laughs> has earned it himself. So I, I'm thrilled. I, I can't tell you. I, I, I owe you a lot for that, Tim. Actually, I've been I've already been told that by one Steve Jones. Yeah, yeah. I, it's just I, I didn't think I was ever gonna. You, you, we have found somebody that gets more bitter than me. You, sir, are my hero. <laughs> I'd like to point out, it's far greater competition than you realize, <laughs> and I also feel like that. I also feel like also the person that walks that. in with the notebook. I walk in with a notebook and I got 
two couches, one laying over there and one laying over there, and I got to sit there. <laughs> they make a lot more per hour to listen than I do. <laughs> no, senor! No, senor! No, senor! Oh, patience of a saint. All right. Um, <laughs> you are correct. See, now Matt's mad. Now Matt is mad that the Cowboys are putting guys on the list so they don't have to test for 90 days. <laughs> I, I I just don't like it in general. I don't even like the, the Eagles did it. Well, they're doing it. How many guys are on the list now? Well, there was there was twelve as of yesterday, and some guys are uh, already being pulled to replace them for Saturday night. So that's the situation now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Won't have to test ninety days. All right. It's it's, it's part of the rules. I mean, it's the, I mean that's you know. It's all it's there in black and white for anybody to read. Does anybody know Either is one of you read it? Is, does anybody know is there a Sixers home game that same night? There's a Saturday. Flyers game that same night and Ooh. Yes, and they, the Flyers have already tried to move it and they're playing the Sharks that night, and the Sharks were unwilling to work with the Flyers because they didn't want to lose any off. I think that was their off day, and they have the off day the day before, and they didn't want to have that altered in any way. So, yeah, they're going to have a Flyers game and an Eagles game, which almost happened Tuesday night, uh, last Tuesday night, I should say, when Washington came to town. But then you had the COVID issues with the Capitals, and that ended up getting postponed, which helped things. So. Now that actually will happen, so that's going to be interesting down there at the sports complex. <laughs> well, yeah, first of all, I don't blame the hockey teams here. All right, they're yeah, they've gone through postponements. They don't need to be cramming more games. Okay, so I don't blame them at all for this. Absolutely right. Um, uh, you know, their hands are in some ways their hands are somewhat tied because the schedule is crammed up enough to begin with. I don't blame the Sharks at all. Uh, for taking oh, I don't either. And in fact, uh, I, I think the NFL, again, has been tone deaf with the scheduling. Again, why is this game Saturday night? Both teams have nothing to play for. I get it's Eagles-Cowboys, but from looking at this from ESPN's perspective, this is not a good game for me to have. And now you mess things up on the scheduling end for Philadelphia. I mean, to my ass with you, they're, they're not really... I know they try to schedule as many... Um, they try to schedule as many. I think they're all division games, right? They're all division yeah, games. Yeah. And for some reason, there aren't many good ones. Well, well, think about think it. What else are they going to flex in there, Steve? Are they going to flex Chargers Raiders? No, you're not going to flex that game in there well, for a prime time game. It's going to have to be somebody that has a national draw, and that's why they moved the Cowboys there. That makes sense to me. I think what the Chargers Raiders ended up on Sunday Night Football. I think yeah, that, that's yeah. on Sunday night. And this is the this is the ESPN game. Right. This is a Saturday night yes. game. So, yeah. obviously, the NFL doesn't care about this game. They put it on the worst one they could put it on. <laughs> All right, so there you go. I mean, and I get they just had the Steelers this past week, but, I mean, we, we've seen networks take teams two weeks in a row in this situation when 
they're in a, some type of play-in game the following week to end the regular season. I mean, Steelers-Ravens is essentially a play-in and wait-and-see game, but yet that's still a 1 o'clock game. I, 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 just, I just don't understand the scheduling for well, Week 18. okay. First of all, CBS and Fox also have the rights to the games, too, you know. Uh, right, no, that, I, I get know, that, but that, why and, is that not at least that a 425 does, game? Yeah, that does enter into it. I mean, that does enter in. There's there's times where CBS and Fox say, hey, whoa, no, uh, because they're allowed to. And that's probably one of them. Uh, not flexing it to 425. <sighs> What are the 425 games? Probably like the Giants. I'd have to pull it up. I know there's seven 1 o'clock games right now and six 425 games for Week 18. All right. Because everybody's, you know, what, there are two games on Saturday? Correct. You have Chiefs-Broncos, which is a decent game. The Chiefs need to win to try to have a shot at the number one seed. So that's fine, and that's a division rivalry. Uh, yeah, that's that's that, that's really a hot game. Uh, yeah, and uh, you got <laughs> Eagles and Cowboys. Correct. So what's the Sunday night game? Sunday night game's the Chargers. Yes, that's the Chargers Raiders game, and that's a play-in game. Winner takes one of the wild card spots in the AFC. Uh, okay. Well, it makes sense to put that one there. That actually is a game with stakes, as opposed to yeah, that's a true Cardinal. play-in game. As opposed to Gardner Minshew, uh, all right. It's just obviously the route you're going. I don't even know who the Cowboys' backup quarterback is. I don't even know if Dak Prescott knows. Isn't it uh, Cooper Rush though? Oh, okay. Well, that. Damn, I'm trying to. Let's see. All right. So Brian's on the line from Northern Virginia. Brian, I hope you survived the snow. How are you? Yeah, doing great, Steve. Happy New Year. Yeah, we did survive the snow. Only got a, oh. about three or four inches. So, oh, my son-in-law, right. my son-in-law, who does security on Air Force One at Andrews Air Force Base, has to go from Woodbridge over the Woodrow Wilson Bridge uh, to get to uh, Maryland. Seven yep, hours, four of what, four <laughs> of which were on the bridge. Wow. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Well, hopefully he's safe, and thank him for his service. That's amazing. Yeah, I appreciate that. But, but, and, again, um, I would just appreciate your coverage of everything with Penn State. And I just wanted to get your opinion on, on something. It's just it, a lot of my Penn State friends and I, we talk about it, but it seems that for a long time we haven't been able to create a, a really at least average or decent offensive line. And we're trying to figure out, you know, is it recruiting? Is it a lot of misses with recruits? Is it the scheme that the players aren't really grasping or they can't execute well because there are a lot of missed blocks? Is it coaching maybe because some of the techniques, some, sometimes our centers stand up a lot after snapping the ball, getting blown back, a lot of whiff tackles, you know, the offensive tackles whiff on a lot of blocks. Or yeah. what is it? Is it the strength program? Is there a coaching change that needs to be made? Should we bring in a consultant, um, somebody to help? It's just frustrating because some of our players, they look like they have the physical ability, but sometimes they seem lost in the game and they get confused by different twists or different stunts, blitzes. I don't know. I'm just curious to see what your thoughts 
are, sir. I don't think I can remember all those questions, Brian. <laughs> oh, sorry. sorry. It's been weighing on our minds for a long no, time. No, 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 no. No, 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 you're venting. I understand that. I just thought I'd make a joke. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Yeah, uh, uh, let's start. I don't know. Uh, this is something where, first of all, why do you think they've gone to the spread across the country? I think they've gone to the spread across the country for the most part because you're trying to work around something. And for most people, that's offensive line. And that's across the board, across the entire country. I mean, I think almost everybody is doing that right now. Uh, and the key is for an offensive line is a couple things. You need to, A, be able to protect because this is a pass-happy world. And number two, you have to have good judgment on RPO uh, because it's one thing about RPO. I mean, you go to the line of scrimmage, you're not sure if, if it's, it's a pass or a run sometimes. It's all the judgment of the quarterbacks. So you have to have good judgment on both. There are times where the judgment has been eh, and, you know, and for the most part, early in the season, I thought Penn State protected Sean Clifford really well. Uh, well, the Auburn uh, game especially, big, that was yeah, very yeah. well. They, early season they did. Their injuries certainly played a factor in it. You lost Wormley for the year in the preseason. Brian, that didn't help because Sal was going to start at the left guard spot. So right. Let's, so let's start there. And it was great to see Sal running on Thursday down in Tampa. And he wasn't just jogging. He was running. Just like Adisa Isaac was running, he wasn't jogging. Which is great. Uh, and then in the Iowa game, I think unbeknownst to everybody, because you know, nobody talks about these things, that's where Rasheed Walker first got hurt. So now you've got the entire left side of the offensive line that is really either wounded or not there compared to what you thought you were going to have when you started the season. Miranda had a really mixed year, without question, at center, and I think that's why Juice Scruggs ended up being moved over there. And Scruggs is a big-time positive. He did not give Mm -hmm. up a single sack all season. I mean, Scruggs gave up zero sacks all season. Um, Caden Wallace has all the physical traits that you need. I want Caden Wallace to be mean out there. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. mean. I mean, he's got to attack. I agree. Uh, you need, you know, and so it, because he has the physical traits, right? You got to have that streak in you, all right? And, and I want Caden to get that streak in him. Tangwall's going to be a good player. I think uh, Brian, you could see in the limited time that you saw that Landon's going to be a good player, and I think Olu Fashion absolutely is going to be a good player moving forward because you won't have Rashid. I think you also need to get probably two linemen in the uh, transfer portal. You know, you need to bolster this. But I'm encouraged by Fashionu. And I like Fashionu watching him in practice anyway, Brian. All right? that was always, you know, that's one thing about when the Rutgers game came up. He was unable to play the game, and I was really looking forward to seeing him play. But Tangwall got his chance. Mm-hmm. He didn't lose a year in doing it. I was impressed with so Tangwall. Those two, I thought he's done yeah. real well. And juice yeah. is, and again, so, I agree with your comments on juice. But, you know, maybe yeah, the answer is, like it, you said, they just need to be meaner, tougher up front. Um, well, and I mean, I I, that's what I want from Caden. I, I want Caden to get out there and, boom, just go for it because he's got all the physical traits. Now, do you end up – I think Tangwall can play four spots, right? 
maybe it would be good for him to settle on a spot. With Sal Wormley coming back, can you now put Tangwall at right guard? Fashionu at left tackle, and then Wallace. But getting a couple of transfers to bolster this, I think would be very important for Penn State. I would like to go into the season with a security of seven guys right, mm-hmm. and then work with it because I felt like their offensive line continuity, and we talk about that all the time, how important it is to have that, you know, that continuity up front, them working together, was disrupted by Sal's injury. Okay, then Eric Wilson stepped in, and Eric Wilson played hard. But then when mm-hmm. Walker got – see, Walker played wounded the last half of the season, all right? Just just did. Mm-hmm. So finally, he finally needed to, you know, have something done. Uh, and, and I think that hurt as well. Having Juice Scruggs at center, I think, stabilizes everything from the inside out. And, it, you know, and but getting two extra guys to play in there, I think it's going to be really important because I'd like to go into this season with the security of seven. You know, Nate Bruce I thought was going to be a guy that could help out. Uh, it, did, it didn't pan out at least initially for him. Now, obviously, he's at Lackawanna. Uh, we'll see what happens, you know, after a year at Lackawanna as to what he wants to do because I watched Nate practice in the spring and I thought, you know, this guy has a chance to be pretty good. Uh, so, I mean, I think moving forward, they've got the – and it's not Phil Troutwine. I mean, I know it's the easy – uh, it's the easy target is always the guy that coaches them. But Phil's really good with them. I mean, I'm out there every day, Brian, so I, I see what Phil's doing yeah. and what Phil's trying to do. And he did well at Boston College, developing a line. Yeah. It's just kind and of frustrating because you see the potential, and we have good backs. It's just be nice to have a better short yardage game, three well, yards or less. You know what? You know, good. I, I agree with the, that they're good backs, but I'm anxious to watch the singleton kid here. Because mm-hmm. the Singleton kid here, when you, I, you know, there are only three guys I watched on TV, so I can really get a better feel and grasp on him compared to you know Aller, Bo, and Nick. I watched the other ones. I'm going to have to really watch in the spring to kind of for myself. But Singleton brings a burst to the backfield that I think this offensive line needs. Oh yeah, uh, and you I think that, that makes a big difference. Brown. Right, so that burst, you don't have to have that block as long, even if it's mm-hmm. a split second. That burst from a running back can make a difference in what happens up front. Sometimes with other running backs, you need more of a of a push. You have to stand that block a split second longer. A guy with a burst keep you know helps out an offensive line because you get him that initial crease and you don't have to hold that block as long. That's why I'm interested to see how Nick works with these guys. And I think you're going to see much better production. And Allen is a guy I you know I don't know much about other than what they told me about him. I haven't seen Katron play. Uh aka mm-hmm. what Fat Man <laughs> I think is what, what his nickname <laughs> is Fat Man. All right. Uh, so I don't really know what his capabilities are. I won't know until I watch him in the spring. Singleton I've yeah. seen, and I just think having a back with that kind of burst is great for an offensive lineman because I think as a as a pass protecting group they're pretty good. Now your tight ends have to help out too, Brian. Right, That's you true. have to have better, more consistent blocking from Theo, from Brenton, and from Tyler. And I will say this: the three of them are capable of it. 
If they weren't capable of it, I'd be concerned. But they are all capable of it because I've seen them do it. Uh, Now it's a question, I think, of getting a back that is in line with what the offensive line could do. And I think another year, like we'll see what Noah wants to do. But Noah was finally getting some burst back at the end of the year. That was a tough injury he went through. And he had to, you know, and sometimes Mm -hmm. when you go through an injury like that, sometimes it takes, you know, a year and a half to get that burst back. Yep. Well, I really appreciate it, Steve. Thanks for your insight. And I love the show. And Happy New Year to you and your family. And best wishes. Thank you so much. Happy New Year to you, Brian. I hope it gave you some answers along the way. Oh, I hope no, that you helped did. Out. It's a difficult puzzle. If it was easy, it would have been fixed really early on in the season. <laughs> but I think everybody's doing their best. It's a matter of sort of finding the right guys, being in the right place at the right time. So yeah. we'll get there. Yeah, exactly. We'll get there. Brian, thank you. Happy New Year to you Take and your care, family. Sir. Thank you so much for listening. We will wrap it up in a moment. I mean, it's because, I mean, the suit wants to talk about the Olympics and Matt Stewing as we continue on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Well, as I look out, it's 16 degrees here right now, and the real feel is two. Ouch. It's been quite a it's been quite a show that was satisfying for everybody. Um, we used the suits play by play call today, so he was happy. Matt was Matt complained about the call, so he was happy, and I answered sports questions. So you so, were, I mean, and really, everybody was happy then. I mean, so it was a well rounded show. I just kind of like tuned out all the other stuff that you guys. I don't even know what the two of you said. Uh, so you know, sorry, but most the of the time I don't know sport. either. Uh, I mean, I mean, I know you don't even listen to yourself. Uh, <laughs> it's you know, I mean, great questions. Uh, I want to thank the callers for calling in today. They really bailed out the show. <laughs> That's pretty much true. <laughs> I love talking. I love talking to callers. I love it. I love the interaction with the fans out there, all always, across the country today. Fans. I mean, it was it was uh, it's, it's always been it's always my favorite part of the show. Um, to be honest with you, I just love interacting with with people. I know you two are saying, "Well, we're people." We'll we'll <laughs> debate it. Uh, <laughs> Most I mean, of the one time. guy boos Santa. One guy has two kids and boos Santa Claus. And the other guy, the other guy thinks that luge is cool. <laughs> awesome. Sad. <laughs>